podcasts. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the CIM podcast. And today we've got a very special guest from the world of recruitment. That is the Hayes Marketing UKMD Claire Kemsley. And also with us today is a favourite on the CIM podcast, Gemma Butler from Moore Hall from CIM itself. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good, thank you. Very well, thank you. Glad to be here. And Claire, you've been finding some interesting developments in the sector in these very odd eight or nine months that have gone by. What's been going on? Interestingly, the, the recent data that we've done has focused on that shift uh, people are talking about hybrid working, but that shift from working at home back into the office space. And actually, initially, in the first naught to three months, marketeers were saying they didn't really feel the need to go back. They, 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 were, they got used to where they were, used to the technology, used to the space, and used to dealing um, with their customer base um, from, from, from where they were. But if you extrapolate that over six months, our survey said that actually it became 50-50. Actually, yes, I would like to do a hybrid. I would like to be back with my team because I'm missing it. Again, that word creativity kept coming up. I'm missing the creativity. Yeah, that's, that is fascinating, isn't it? You know, it's a, it was a generic um, uh, poll taken by the pollster YouGov, uh, I think it was last week. Um, it wasn't marketing specific, but the, the, diving into the data of that, I discovered that actually the yeah. amount, the proportion of people who want to work at home 100% of the time after the pandemic is not much bigger than the proportion of people who worked at home 100% of the time before the pandemic, it was about 18% and 13%. So it was slightly more, but it, there wasn't that much in it. And what the poll implied actually is, to your point, that the people's preference will be towards a sort of hybrid model. Yeah. And actually, the death of the office has been completely overstated. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think one of the things this the lockdown period has taught a lot of us is that, you know, trust was an issue before. So I think everybody would have loved a degree of flexibility moving forward. Um, and everybody wanted to try that hybrid model. Now, there's obviously costs involved with setting people up from working from home. And then there's trust. And then, you know, uh, it's will the, will, the, will the work get done? Will the business keep moving in direction and at the pace it wants to go? And I think lockdown, you know, having to just send everybody home one day um, really tested that trust element of it. And I think, you know, certainly for me and my department and a lot of organisations I'm talking to, um, their work at lo their work level and productivity levels have you know stayed at where they should be. The businesses are moving forward. In some cases, businesses are moving at a faster pace than they were before the pandemic. So that big trust question mark has kind of gone away. Yeah. And now it's a case yeah. of we're all coming at it, I believe, from a slightly different baseline, which is right. How do we keep the workplace COVID safe? Because we have to deal with this virus. At the same time, how do we keep um, our employees motivated? How do we keep marketers creative? How do we keep them, you know, excited about wanting to talk about new stuff and find out about their customers when so much is changing around them? You know, you've got behaviours changing on an almost weekly basis with how people engage, how people consume products and things. So how do you keep on top of all that whilst looking after your own mental health, whilst keeping safe and whilst adjusting 
in a time when actually we don't know what's going to happen in the next day today you know next week it's interesting isn't it claire actually that point that you know this sort of this 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 trust question has been answered emphatically and what seems to me to have happened from what you've been saying is that people have taken a step back and had a real think what's the office for what do we use it for what's its function it's not to keep an eye on everybody 24 hours a day or you know eight hours a day it's to do something much more interesting than that it, it's to be creative and to to bounce ideas off each other that seems to have come through really strongly in the research you've been doing absolutely but what i think this time has also done is not just about um, do do does my business trust me more but actually do i am i comfortable working with this business having gone through have i felt looked after has my well-being been a priority for them and i think marketeers who are always thinking of what the customer might need next always having to think of that the way you know a scientist thinks and then an artist i think they have actually had a real impact on, on, on how this has been collectively felt by a business, by the great crisis comms potentially, or the great internal comms I've seen in, in many businesses, and the external comms. So I think in some businesses, clients have said, uh, employers have said to us, as a marketeer, I feel my team has been elevated. I feel that we have been recognized as the voice of the customer for which we are. And that's been one of the biggest changes we have seen and customers have shared. You know this. This is a time when we have been included in big decision making. This has been a time when actually the board have come to us and said, what can you do for our customers? And I, I really hope that continues. And we've heard that a lot around the round tables, haven't we, Gemma? Lots of different sectors, different customers, um, employers have, have, have said that to us. Gemma, I mean, that's, it's been a giant stress test, then, has it, this, this pandemic, to flush out the things we need in the sector and to find out what we can't do. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I have a, a massive question in terms of, so a few weeks ago, Ben, when we did the digital benchmark yep. podcast with Daniel, you know, that the, the information and data from that over the last two years have shown that digital has been a key driver in, you know, um, creating more and more roles at that exec level. So marketing teams prior to the pandemic have been expanding at that exec level, you know, um, and that's where all the specialisms um, and the people sat and did all those PPC, SEO, CRM, social, email, all of those skill sets. And then as we've gone through the pandemic and people are looking at how their businesses have changed and how they deliver their business now through probably a more digital environment, you know, that's brought up questions about what roles do we need, but also, you know, the more pressing factor is, you know, the financial pressures organisations are under. So, you know, we might we might still need all of these roles and all of these skills, but if you have to do it with less people, how how do we do that? If all the skills for you know the pure digital skills are at the exec level, but you need to reduce your staff numbers, how do you shape your marketing function to remain as effective? but do it with less people, um, you know, and my question, my big question in my head is, you know, do, will we see employers looking for more general marketeers with more generalist skills? And we've spoken, Claire and I have spoken about, you know, soft skills being more and more important all the time. And, and we know that they are lacking in, you know, the younger, the younger generation of marketers. So 
that that's a real conundrum isn't it in like it doesn't matter where you move things around you're going to have to make some sacrifices within your function under huge financial pressure well that's a brilliant question isn't it claire i mean if you've got fewer people presumably you want those people you do have to be multi-skilled and either specialist in a number of areas or very highly skilled generalists it is difficult, um, and, and I, if I had the answer to that question, it would be absolutely fantastic because I would go out and find exactly those right people. It is interesting to see the change. I mean, if we did some, I mean, we're talking five years ago when we produced our very first big report, which is the DNA of a marketing leader. In fact, I delivered it to the CIM. And at that point in time, these were senior marketers, um, director level. Um, and we did a huge piece of analysis. And one of the biggest stats I've never forgotten is that over 60% of marketing leaders said, we don't understand the technology that we really need in our marketing team. And our response was, that doesn't matter. As long as you've got enough people in your team who do understand, we can go on a learning curve. But only 15% of those marketing leaders less than five years ago said that they felt their team had enough experience to integrate the technology that was required to, to, to improve the, the customer journey for, 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 that, for that brand. And I honestly, I'm not sure how far we've come in, in the last five years. If I look at the activity, um, what the market is saying they need at the moment, there's about 40 to 50% of, of, of the roles that we're looking at at the moment and working with employers on, they're the more senior end, but they are tend to be you know, heads of digital uh, marketing, heads of CRM, heads of analytics. So what we are seeing is at the more senior end at the moment, more specific roles. But interestingly, Gemma, to your point, at the more junior end, the exec level, we're beginning to see those roles that now have a wider remit. So they're not recruiting just SEO or just PPC. They may want you to have experience of paid social, but they want you to have the experience that ex ex extends to beyond that particular piece. So whether it's just a moment in time, um, or, or, or whether this is if this is another uh, another movement for the foreseeable, uh, it, one couldn't say. But that's interesting. There are definitely more senior roles we're seeing, more specialists, but actually trying to get that depth and breadth of experience in uh, across across the levels. Well, that's interesting, though, isn't it, Gemma? That you're if it's a, it's a snapshot, we should remind the audience that Claire said it's a snapshot, and she's not had the longitudinal data to say this is definitely going to be a trend but let's assume for the sake of argument it is a, 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 a taste of what's to come this seems to me to be a stratification by age so younger people coming into the to, into the sector we're asking for more general skills which perhaps goes to meet your point about the soft skills deficit in that generation Gemma and in the older age groups the director levels and uh, c-suite if you like we're asking for more specialist skills, which perhaps goes some way to fulfilling demand for more digital skills in that upper echelon, which we know from an earlier podcast when we were with Daniel Rowles at Target, um, are lacking. So that actually sounds quite promising, doesn't it, Gemma? I think it sounds it sounds interesting. I don't know how it will pan out because, I mean, again, when I, I think it was two years ago when um, we did the debate at the House of Commons, you know, we said that you know, marketing was go. Was it a skills crisis? And I argued it was ide an identity crisis. You know, and we had we had big brands like EasyJet who who basically got rid of their CMOs and bought in chief customer officers. And but then within months they got rid of those 
those specific roles and went back to a more CMO role. So, you know, I think it's really interesting. It's like everything is cyclical and it's driven by the environment and it's driven by the economy. And I think we're in a really interesting time now because for certainly what we've been seeing at CIM is that with people having a bit more time, less commuting, um, you know, a bit more time to think about what their priorities are, learning has become a real priority and um, you know we talk all the time about continued professional development and the importance of keeping yourself up to date and I think in a world prior to lockdown when you were just getting from one day to the next because the pace of life is so fast you didn't have the time to reflect and think about these things and I think you know we're seeing more and more people investing in themselves as individuals in learning and qualifications and and training and our webinars are you know have huge huge uh, numbers of people attending them and i think it's you know maybe the concern about the security of the future of your job or maybe just that you've got time to invest in yourself you've been meaning to do it for so long learning is becoming a real priority which is a really really positive thing coming out of this because you will hopefully then have the time to update yourself on the skills that you just didn't before you know there's an old adage isn't it about history repeating itself um that one generation immediately goes back and recreates the one of the generation before it and it seems to me to be going in cycles specialising at C-suite level, generalising back to CMOs, specialising at C-suite level, generalising back to CMOs. And there is a danger, isn't there, that if you specialise too much at uh, C-suite level, you do create a siloed effect where everyone goes, a, goes on a linear path and they don't see marketing as one whole. I, I think what we might be seeing in the short term is 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 the perfect storm of how do we reach our customer now? Are we doing the right things? Are we creating the right product? And have we got the right technology to support all of that? And I think there's probably an, a, 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 an immediate need for some business to say, we don't have the knowledge. We need to buy the knowledge in. We haven't got five years to trade this knowledge up from, from an executive level. We haven't got, we need to buy in our, our head of CRM. And then once you've bought that experience in, um, then, then you can, um, uh, that, that kind of osmosis, can't it, that can transfer through your business to your team. If you haven't got it, you're not going to buy it at a junior level at the moment because you can't afford to because you haven't got the knowledge at the top. Uh, we did a report a couple of years ago on skill sets. And the biggest skills gap in marketing a couple of years ago was analytics at every single level, executive, management and C-suite, analytics. And that was because we, uh, during 2008 to 2010, those marketers that were recruited were recruited into the specific jobs, SEO or BBC. So fast forward five years from 2008 to 2010, what happens in 15, 16, you've got some fantastic market executives with five years of SEO. They get into the middle management level. Um, where's their depth and breadth? If they haven't been doing your qualification, for example, or they haven't been self-learning, where's the depth and breadth of, of the full function of marketing? So that was a challenge. So I, th I think it is cyclical, as you say, Ben, but I do think at the moment that people are buying the skill sets they need now. And I think what will happen is marketing teams will continue to shape and change and shift. And then we will see um, what they look like in the next normal. Um, so I think it's hard to say what will happen in the next normal. But this self-learning, I think, is brilliant, Gemma. And I think it's I think, you know, there's that we talk about future proofing technology. We talk about future proofing all sorts of things, I think. It's about now future proofing yourself as a marketer and your skills. So don't fall down the rabbit hole of just 
doing digital a digital specialism type role you know ask for training and development in management and ask for training and development in presentation and relationship skills and you know look at brand and comms and you know marketing you know a really well-run marketing team will be very cross-functional across an organization so be cross-functional within your department as well um, and learn the skill sets from the other people that work you work with other marketers you work with and I think you know if, if anything we're all a bit more mindful that we need to future-proof our skills as well so that we are more transferable um, and we can sort of merge and shift and shape into these different roles and, and get a, a bigger breadth and depth in what we do. It's really important to remember too that the, 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 those skills that we hold dear in, in marketing, you know, comms, internal comms, external comms, brand, product, they are still super, super important. I, I think there is a danger we get swept away with the exciting technology, which we do need, we do need, um, and don't honour and respect and acknowledge that those fundamental skills are still important. Um, and and, I, and I, I, I don't refer to them as traditional because that makes them sound old and outdated. They're not. It's about the marketer as a whole um, being the same as they want their brand to be, which is authentic and knowledgeable. And, 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 and those, those skill sets, I, I always say, let's remember they are absolutely critical to the balance of a highly productive, agile marketing team. There's always been a difference between getting yourself in a frame to get a job by having the right technical skills and digital or whatever it may be, and then getting the job. And the, often the difference between being in the frame, getting an interview and getting a job is that you've got the technical skills to get into the frame. But to get the job, you've got to have the so-called soft skills or the people skills or the managerial skills or just the general understanding of customer that comes through at an interview stage. How do you go about training for those two things in tandem? Well, from from um, uh, from a perspective of, of someone, I suppose, who interviews um, uh, the, the, these great marketers of the future, um, it is about being able to display those soft skills in a very short space of time. Um, and and actually, I had some data. I thought, you know, the survey from the summer um, found the ability to adapt to change is now one of the most needed soft skills. Over fifty-seven percent of, of marketing employers said that's what I'm looking for. And that's again at any level. That's not just at C-suite or the big decision-making roles we might see. That's as anybody coming into my team has to be able to display those soft things. It's really important they display those soft skills and the ability to communicate. Over 50% of, of employers said they have to be able to communicate. Now, I think this skill set particularly has been um, highlighted because if you imagine the role of the marketing team, hopefully, as we've said, has been elevated, the cross the cross functional communication that's been required, I think, has, has, has stretched quite a lot of marketing teams. A lot of our um, uh, employers have fed back saying, actually, we've been dealing with all sorts of different departments and we've been involved in, in, in R&D and in packaging conversations that perhaps we wouldn't have been involved before. This is great. Other uh, employers have said the chasm between the traditional marketing and sales team, for example, has got wider. So, so again, the, the ability to communicate, um, to display your ability to be agile, that's what we need to, to support um, our, our particularly the candidates we work with and the marketers we work with in displaying yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see, um, obviously, when when the pandemic hit, we, you know, we were like, we changed all of our face to face courses to to virtual. And then we were like, what's going to happen? Are people going to have the time, you know, in amongst all this change to want to learn qualifications? What are people going to do? 
And then we saw the shift where people were, you know, suddenly engaging more, but they wanted to understand what they could do in terms of bite size, you know, with everything else going on, people, you know, we know people read headlines, for example, we know that short form is is better, but you know, people were looking initially in the middle of the pandemic at sort of bite-sized learning, um, you know, manageable, affordable, flexible, uh, fitting in with their lifestyle. And then we're seeing a slight shift now into more inquiries around the whole qualifications again. I think we're seeing this in content as well, where people are wanting to go a bit more in depth now because we've gone through the, the chaos and it's time to sort of almost rebalance, regroup and go, right, we need a bit more than just short, sharp, you know, pieces of information, we really need to now start planning. And I think we're coming out of that sort of stabilisation phase into the planning and, and, and longer term views. And I've, I keep, you know, having conversations with people about marketers now, whilst short term thinking is, is required, now there is a bit more emphasis on long term thinking and planning. And, you know, what are we going to do moving forward? Now, how are we going to get through the next year and the year beyond? It seems to me that that's likely, Claire, to inform recruitment strategies, even if it's not doing so now. You talked earlier in the show about stabilising and plugging gaps very quickly and buying in power, buying in skills, buying in ability. Presumably, you will expect then for that to change slightly as people start to plan more long term. I, yes, the, 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 it's a difficult um, question to answer, as we say, because everything is shaping and shifting and the next normal is tomorrow. But yes, I think what this has given um, brands the opportunity to do, I believe, from feedback from employers, is, is to take a little bit of a step back, a forced step back, after the initial, how are we going to um, uh, communicate in this crisis? Obviously, crisis, crisis comes, comes, very, very important. But now there's just a little moment, I think, where where marketers have said, what have we learned during this time about our customers? And what skill sets do we need to meet the future needs um, that are not as easy to see potentially at the moment? What do we need to be able to do to create those great products that will, will, will meet those needs that, again, may be shifting and changing rather quickly at the moment? So I, I think there's an immediate need, yes, to bring in expertise that you might have discovered you don't have, skill sets that perhaps aren't there. But in the longer term, I wonder whether there will be a time where these roles become, uh, as you say, a, a genuinely um, rounded marketing roles and that your, your general rounded marketeer will have to be more technology led. That's how I see it. Uh, technology touches every single role a marketeer does. That There isn't a single role I can imagine. We talk about six primary function roles, don't be Gemma going in. Every one of them is touched by technology. And my, my, my hope would be that the word digital disappears. I completely believe in digital evaporation because I don't really know what it means. And I, I also think, you know, that there's the question, the opposite question of what do I not need? What have I actually been investing in? Whether it's to drive a technology that actually because I'm scared because everyone else is on there yeah. and actually we don't need that and we don't need the skill sets to go with that. So how can we basically refocus, retrain the, the people we have on yeah. on areas within our marketing department like you say what else the other skills do we take and do we yeah. utilize within our marketers and focus them in the areas that actually drive the business and hopefully there'll be a little bit less um fear-led need to jump on all these technology bandwagons and um people and businesses will have a better understanding of what really really works for them yeah we've seen um, an uplift in in the, the type of roles over the last literally the last six to eight weeks there's more social media, there's more paid social, which you might expect, but content, the ability to tell a good story, the ability to engage, truly engage in an authentic way as a brand with your customer is absolutely at the fore, alongside still 
obviously the importance of, of comms, whether it's internal or external. So as I, I, I alluded to earlier, you know, the, the, those key wonderful skills we have in the marketing world are still really, really important, prevalent and absolutely um, are in demand. Well, if you could give one takeaway for people at graduate level trying to get in uh, to the sector in a time of deep crisis or, or at least a time that was a sector that was at least uh, in, in crisis, what would it be, Claire? One thing would be keep learning. Seriously, keep learning, because many of the graduates we see who've done a marketing degree or a business and a marketing related degree, some of them haven't capitalised on the exemptions from um, the, the uh, qualifications, CIM, for example. They haven't capitalised on it. They haven't realised that they actually maybe have, have been, you know, are part qualified if they continue to do their, their learning. Um, so I would say continue learning, particularly at the moment, invest in yourself, continue learning, uh, particularly as it's more accessible for them um, at the moment. And I would say don't underestimate the impact that, 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 that the role of marketing has on any job. Because actually we're all marketeers in a way, and I know that's the worst thing to say because everyone thinks they're a marketeer. I don't think everyone thinks they're a marketeer, but in some respects we market ourselves. The way that you construct your CV, the way you talk about yourself, the tone of voice, everything you do on that one document, that is that is marketing yourself and that will show a marketeer actually a lot more about you than you think, I think, because they will see things, won't they, tone of voice, construction, storytelling, everything else that, that maybe another, uh, another um, divisional professional might not see. And I would say, and any if you can get a job, and it's not particularly related to marketing, don't worry. A job that gives you a skill set where it's customer focused. I would say, you know, if, if you can get a customer focused role, if you can get any role that is engaging with 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 a customer, that's a really important learning skill set to have. And I think that any graduate who who came to a, to an employer and applied to a marketing exec role and said, actually, for the last six months I've been working in. A restaurant and I've actually redone the menus and I've looked at how we can market our, our, our the shortening of our hours I've looked at different products that we could I would say that's that don't forget that is good marketing that's the very basis isn't it of learning to be a marketeer so don't underestimate any experience that you can get in in, in, in the workplace um, in, 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 in any role uh, that you that you could get now don't underestimate how important it is to, to give yourself exposure to customers so Gemma, use your qualifications, use your learnings, get a job which is customer focused, even if it's not the perfect graduate job. That is a great piece of advice, isn't it? It's a fantastic piece of advice. And I think just the other thing to add to that is the importance of networking, because, you know, we're back at what over the last 18 months, if you've wanted to get a job, there's been a job available. So, you know, that that's now changed. If you now are applying with two, three hundred other people for a role, the power of networking and using, you know, LinkedIn and the other social platforms to get to know people so you can try and get ahead of that application process is absolutely critical. And I know um, when I went to a, a performance coach once, he said, as you go up your um, through your career and up the different differing levels of seniority, who you know becomes the most important factor in you getting your next role because there are less jobs um, available as you go up those levels of seniority. And I think now there's going to be less jobs moving forward for a period of time while the economy recovers. So with all these people looking for roles, utilise your networking and, and really get to know people and engage with conversations um, and put yourself forward and put yourself out there. So networking getting your digital skills, but not forgetting those classic skills that make you succeed in marketing. 
and being able to accept jobs that may not have the classic marketing graduate job badge, but will nevertheless allow you to develop and deploy your skills for the future. Sounds to me like we've got quite a lot to look forward to and a lot to be positive about. And I'll say thank you very much for a fantastic show. Claire, for coming in and giving us your wisdom on the recruitment market. And of course, Gemma, to you for your great comments and uh, insight from a CIM perspective. Thank you both, ladies and everyone. We will see you on the CIM podcast again very soon. Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at CIM underscore exchange, where we'll keep you updated about the latest episodes. See you next time. CIM Podcasts.